When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your big plans this year include your big day, plan your look with Indochino. Customize every detail of a blazer, suit, or tuxedo online or at a showroom with an expert style guide. Then sit back for delivery straight to your door. Suits start at just $449 and premium fitted shirts at just $89. Go to Indochino.com and use code NEWCHAPTER for 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, code NEWCHAPTER. Everybody, welcome the CBC Wisdom Hour, number thirty-six, take two. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. It's Tony B, the fabulous T from New Jersey. It's happening. We had some sort of technical glitch there, where we started the whole thing and then everything just fell apart. Skype disconnected us. Spreaker just closed. Nothing worked. But now it appears to be working because it was shared to the page just like it's supposed to be. August 14th, 2018, Wisdom Hour number 36. Yes. You sound like you're like announcing that from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new button I got on my special effects board. Now available on the moon, the CBC Wisdom Hour. Yes. All over the world sure. and the moon. And why not? All right. So we are actually live now on Speaker. We are live on the CBC page on Facebook and in the CBC group on Facebook. And it was an hour. we can now, I got the work done. Now we can get into it. So it's been a few weeks since we did a wisdom hour because there was uh, some vacation involved that you had and work involved that I had. So how was your vacation? My vacation was excellent, Steve. Super, super relaxing. Really good time with family, um, you know, down the beach, 18 people went, really a uh, lot of fun. Built a big giant sandcastle, as per tradition, um, best ever in 20 years, I think, for sure. That's killer, man. And we talked uh, about this and, last and year. Went, yeah, when the week went slow, too. It wasn't like, a, you know, how it like flashes by. It actually was like very, uh, very like peaceful and enjoyable very nice nice and this is something you do because we talked about last year and this is something you do every year yes lbi yes um only the past two years we've been going to lbi um with the mega group of people the big league crew right which is my sister-in-law and all my nieces and nephews and, uh, you know me and karen the kids and really really you know had some friends come down uh, kids friends that is you know like cole had a couple of friends chase had some friends come down um and yeah, the tradition is though, since the kids were little, we used to build sandcastle and like you know, pretty mega, 
but like three at three or four hour effort. And, you know, uh, so I got slick and bought molds this year, like castle molds, like little ones on Amazon, like six dollars, seven dollars. But I don't know if you saw the pictures on Facebook, but we put them up. I did. Uh, and arranged it in a way where it looked like a like a village. And it was. Uh, it looks like a, an entire city, uh, and it's it's hard to even to describe this to people listening. But I mean, you go to the beach, you make a sandcastle, you make you know put a little bit of effort into it. You and this whole effort. I mean, you make it like it's an architecture, you know landmark piece that you're making you're an entire city i mean you put this care into it and i mean it's incredible <laughs> it's, it, it was mega it was really cool and the, the best part was like people coming by during the day and wanting to take pictures with it and then like some other little kid came out with some army men and he put some like army guys on it and it was just it was cool you know the way uh, people probably put like stuck a feather in it some kids put shells on it because you know you leave the beach you go eat go you know hang out at the house for a little bit then go back to the beach and it's still there you know like it survives high tide but um you know, no one trampled it, which was cool. They respected it, but people added to it this time, and it was cool. But it was big; it was probably, um, you know, ten or twelve feet long by, you know, five or six feet wide. It was a big, it was a big mammoth, you know, dug into the side of the beach. That's the trick. You know, you go in the morning, and you use the sand that's wet from the high tide as it's starting to go down, like early, like seven o'clock on the beach, eight o'clock, go down to set everything up and start on the sandcastle. So you dig while the sand's wet there. And you make it in a big pile, and you stomp it down. You get it real rock hard and solid, and then you know you almost build like a moat in the front. That's how we built uh, the like peninsula in the front. And then you have wet sand there that you've been digging out, so you pack it all down. And then at least you have the foundation to start with. Then you can go have breakfast and whatever you gotta do, and then come back and then add to it. Because at that time, whatever like substructure you built is, is rock hard, right? Because it's dry, but the sun was also beating on. So right. Uh, and you can carve into it and stuff. It was just you know like I said tricks we learned over the years but yeah uh, my youngest son cole and his friend helped me this year so yeah it's a no very joke cool, man. I've got to post a picture on cbc so people could read yeah it. yeah it's it's serious really cool man um so um hey jim is listening hello jim he just said hello jim jacobs Jimmy. yes so, so what's I, new with you brother what's I, going on i mean there's a lot going on in carbon central land that i have to update you on and the audience on too um since we last <laughs> talked um Boy, wait, what do I want to go first? Um, the website is in beta testing mode now. We've been in beta testing for uh, a week uh, or so, a uh, little more than a week, um, and maybe two weeks. And I just invited a bunch of people today into beta test the site. And there's a few bugs that we're aware of, and Chonk is um, is is uh, dealing with some issues right now, so he's unable to get on top of the stuff but it's they're easy fixes but most of all the feedback has been very good people dig it so it's really kind of getting people to come to the party early and uh get you know get their place get their you know uh foothold of of what's going on and so when we do the official launch it will be uh already active already things going on so it's already happening man it's really cool to see it finally manifest man this this whole vision um, so yeah. I, so I got to send you, if you want, I got to send you the link to, to be a beta tester if you want to. Um, yeah, please do. Okay. So, I mean, the, being a beta tester, it's like, you kind of really want to take it seriously to the point where you're using all the elements of the website. You're clicking on all the links. Um, there's a forum you want to post in the forum. You want to create a profile for yourself 
there's a band map in there so you can uh, kind of register your band and then it shows up on a map of the world in, in uh, pins you want in the map of the world where you are oh. so people can find you so so the thing will be if people want say somebody uh, i get a lot of people in the group that are are um, booking agents club owners bar owners managers and looking for bands and um so this will be very cool where somebody can just kind of hone in on a specific area in the world and you know click on those pins in that world and see those bands that are there and uh see who's the best fit for them to hire so that's going to be a great feature for both bands and um uh industry folks so that's pretty cool that's very cool yeah um and we're going to roll out more stuff and so there's a member map as well uh, again the same thing like a google map you can see where people are in the world so you you join the the you do your profile and then you, you uh join the map so it puts a pin out of you where you are in the world and people can click on that and see your profile you can upload all sorts of stuff to your profile links to your social media to your contact information you can upload videos there of your band and uh so it's going to be uh, as comprehensive as i want it to be really with for musicians so that they can really represent themselves entirely just there um for everything so so far so good again more bugs to work out but i will i'm just waiting for these few bugs to be fixed and then i will announce a launch date for the official the official launch make it a celebration so that's happening that's what's happening Very exciting news that's great that's really really great stuff yeah um and uh i i have some programs i'm working on too for for the the site but it, i'm going to work it through the page and uh and talk about it on the site too but just programs to help people out there better themselves in the industry um from things just specific things like um how to make your facebook page and and how to make the most of it um how to network how to market you know all sorts of things like that so i'm working on things like that too so i'm busy man useful what's that useful wisdom yes so um yeah yes um, send me the link i'd love to be to test it yes i will do that as soon as we're done here um and so i so i'm going to be doing some mentoring stuff too which a lot of people have kind of asked for you know people ask uh, general questions but they kind of want specific help to their situation so that's a, a program i'm going to start and kind of like you and i did with with sam swanson with uh, the the uh i was handsome young ladies handsome young ladies i always forget the hand i always want to say gorgeous young ladies but it's handsome young ladies um and dan ray from clanky lincoln's um the two of them, we, we, you know, we both worked with the two of them and I reached out to both of them and I said, um, you know, it, it'd be cool if you don't mind, if you could make uh, like a testimonial video for me to talk about how your experience was with us and, and your experience with Scarband Central and how do you, how do you think it's beneficial for, for you and for other people? And not only did both of them do it for me, but they both put a lot of work into it, like made it look professional.
Um, but send me um, send me the testimonials. I'd love to see them. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah, when the pro when e- I email. Yeah, I will. And, and when I launch the the program, uh, I will uh, I'll have it in there too, so you'll be able to see that. So that's coming soon. I'm really looking to change things up, man. I'm really looking to. I, I really enjoy playing, and the summer here, dude, it's it's rough. It's hot. It, there's not a lot of people, and it's hot. Did I mention it's hot? <laughs> yeah, there's kind of a drag too, like crowd-wise. Yeah, it's to August, especially just. Uh, however, last night I I don't normally play Mondays. That's not my regular night, but last night we played. I I played. I I subbed last night and the night started out just as every night has started out like there were times we were playing to zero people you know right no nobody in the room nobody walking by the window nothing and um it that last night started out just like that and you get a couple people to dribble in you know sit at the bar for a minute get a drink whatever might throw a buck in the tip jar and that was that's what it's been like for the last couple weeks basically and uh, so we did the first two sets like we normally do, a 45-minute set, two 45-minute sets in a row, so a double, an hour and a half on stage, and then we take a half-hour break. And generally, we'll come back and do another two sets and call it a night. So, but last night, we did that, uh, and we came back from break, and we, uh, the energy felt good, better, just a little bit looser, and um, we were just having fun. And we've been playing a couple of new songs. We we brought in Boys of Summer by, uh, well, we do the Atari's version. And uh, Round and okay. Round by Rat. Oh, great tune. Love that tune. Yeah. Rat. And I got to tell you the whole story about how that came about. But because um, it's 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 crazy, this story. Uh, but so we were just having fun. We were playing some of the new tunes and, and just goofing around and just being silly. And um, and then people just started dribbling in dribbling in more and more and more and so we're in like the fourth set and it just started to get crowd like almost crowded in the room and that is unheard of on a monday night in the middle of august like nobody else is walking by in the street but all of a sudden all these people just started coming in and they were request requesting songs that we knew you know just kind of the fun rock party tunes and they were loving it loving it they were dancing like crazy and then tipping and drinking and it was so we rolled a fifth set and uh, that that trend just kept up you know the people that had come in they stayed they were having fun more people were coming in so we ended up rolling a sixth set so we did six sets last night four and a half hours on stage that's cool yeah um so it's it's working in the city it's just amazing how that dynamic can change like that in just a snap of a finger man it's it and i i can't help but believe that some of it has to do with the energy that you have on stage um you know when you're having fun when you're loosey-goosey and you're just not worrying about anything and 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 the band sounds killer um that attracts people it just brings them in it's the energy man like bob doyle said a couple weeks back ago you know it's 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 the collective energy of the band. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful thing when it's aligned. Yeah. So th- round and round, this is what happened. A couple weeks ago, I'm going to say, I don't know which, which day it was, there's this guy who has been coming in to see us 
uh, for the last, I want to say, at least three weeks, maybe four weeks, he comes every night. Every single night he comes to see us without fail. Um, and that, I, I mean, I've seen people here that are locals that come to see us once in a while. I've never seen somebody come every night. And it's this dude, and he's super cool. His name's Yves, he, and he's a guitar player. Uh, not very experienced, but, you know, good. Um, but he just comes and supports us every night. And there was a, a couple weeks ago, I want to say now, probably about two weeks ago, we were playing, and he was the only person in the room. And Tracy, our singer, just shouted out to him. She's like, you know, it's your room, bro. What do you want to hear? And he sh shouts out, rat. So I just started playing round and round. I just started, you know, just nobody else in the room. Who cares? We're, we're just having fun. So I start playing, and then Sean, the drummer, starts kicking in, and we start playing it. And then Tracy starts to look up the, the words on her, her uh, iPad. And the guitar player didn't really know it, but he was just kind of following me. And I started singing it. And I can't sing Stephen Piercy. I can't sing that high, but I know the words. So I was just, you know, pretending as best as I could. And the dude, the dude who yelled rat, he loved it. He was just, like, going nuts, and he threw a, a bunch of money in the tip jar. Um, so it, when we were done, I, I mean, we, you know, I kind of led the band because I was the only one who really knew it. And then when we were done, we're, Tracy's like, oh, we got a new song. So then we, we did it the next few nights, and then by the fourth time we did it, and and I'm going to be brutally honest here because this is the way we roll. Um, but the fourth time we did it, we played it, and and it, it was a mess. It was a train wreck. And I've known that song for you know th since it came out. Basically, I've known it. I've been playing it. Yeah. Um, and I I I was in a bad place. I was in a bad mood, and I just kind of lost my cool on stage and 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 got upset about. Like you guys, I, I said, you guys need to listen to this song because it was a train wreck and it, it kind of pissed me off that this is the fourth time we've played it and nobody has got bothered to go listen to it. So like either, you know, listen to it, learn it or don't call the song was my mentality. Um, but, you know, I calmed down and I apologize to everybody and everybody was cool and they understood. And then everybody went and actually listened to it and we got it down. So now like last night we played it was probably about the sixth time i played it with them and now it sounds killer now we're just like all on point and um it's fun man <laughs> that's a fun song to play and people dig it people come in it is it's a great song it's got a cool guitar solo and um cool fills i remember that album came out out of the cellar and i had it on cassette and probably 82 ish 83 maybe in like super great detail and my teacher it was big band teacher Sonny Igo that I studied with uh and he was like excellent you know with with the you know you got to get away from this rock stuff <laughs> you know cuz I was there to learn jazz and big band so right but I'm like yeah but look how look at how cool this is right but like transcribing all the fills and yeah it was good good album but that's that's a cool song and you know what's even funny? I played in the band, bass player, this guy, John Rizzo, and his cousin was Bobby Blotzer, the drummer in Rat. Oh, okay. Cool. 
And I was ba- back about that same time, like when just when they hit it big, you know. Right on. Yeah, they were they were mega for a little while there, and that. But it's it's surprising me. I guess it shouldn't, but it's surprising me how well that song is being received. Because I, I guess it's still. Yeah, I, I definitely still hear it on the radio sometimes. Oh, dude, it was so popular too. I mean, from that era. I mean, think of the video on MTV. Milton Berle was in it. Remember, and then. Uh, you know, they had a super produced sound. It was like, you know, yeah. it, was, it was right. It was right for the time. You know, when that album came out, it was like perfect timing, and it was like there was no other bands that sounded like that exactly at that moment. Yeah, yeah, they killed and, you it. Know, they had their own space for that album. Like it was almost like when Pyromania came out. Same thing, Def Leppard. I think it was around the same time. Might have been a little earlier. Eighty-one, maybe. What Pyromania? Yeah. Or was that 80, 82, 83? Same, you know, early I think 83, 80s, right? yeah. I think Pyromania was 83. Shout yeah, but that. I remember when that came out, that was um, same thing. Like, I remember being on the beach that year, and it was like every arcade game, you know, Seaside, Lucky, Leo's, and all these places. <laughs> all, it all, that's all they were playing, you know what I mean? It was that whole album, and think how many hits came off that record, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Shout Out the Devil was the same year, too. Right. So, I mean, what a great year for music, dude. Think about that. You know, yeah. Shout the Devil Crew, you got Rat, you got, um, you know, think of, there was quite a few bands from that era that, that, that were in that time. Dude, we were so lucky to have that yeah. growing up. I actually you know? saw them on that tour, Motley Crew support, supporting Shout the Devil and Rat opening, supporting Out the Cellar. And it was at a small, like, theater in New York. And I could not for the life of me tell you what name, what the name was, but it was small. Um, and we had six row seats. Uh, we were stage right, so Nikki six side. And I mean, I was, you know, how old was I in that? I was 16, 17, 16, I think, that year. And we were all dressed up in, in the, the, the makeup and everything, the, the total crew fans. And we went and, and saw that show. And it was just the, the smoke poured out, for, and they were just dark and. and the way they looked in the chat, you know, like the, the videos from like Look to Kill and stuff, they were dressed like yeah. that. And, yeah. and it was just mind blowing. I mean, rat opening on this small stage and then and then crew doing, uh, you know, supporting Shadow of the Devil. So the only songs they had at that point were songs from Shadow of the Devil and Too Fast right. for Love. So they weren't yeah. all into the right. cheesy shit yet. And uh, they were. Yeah, okay, we're back. We're back. Yeah, is it your connection, maybe? 
Yeah, it's something. Spreaker keeps cutting out, so we're back now, though. That's crazy. You know what? It's Mercury retrograde right now, and stuff is happening with everybody's computers. I was watching a broadcast just before we did this of somebody doing a live broadcast, and they were having all sorts of computer issues, things cutting out. So, but so, dude, back to crew. So you saw them like in their prime, like yes. that. You know, Tommy with the stick twirls, and they were all like you said, they were they were you know they had all the crazy makeup and the outfits, and no one else was doing that. And like you said, they were pumped. You know. Yeah, they were just on the brink of breaking. You know, they were they were right there. It was That's what I mean. You see them, like, in their prime. Yeah. Um, and then I saw them open for Ozzy. Ozzy, Bark at the Moon tour, and uh, and uh, and crew opening, supporting Shot at the Devil still. And that was just crazy. Crazy cool. Yeah, very, very cool. You know, it's such a shame, man, that the, the new generation is not going to get to experience the concerts like we were uh, of all uh, these uh, artists. Man. Look, we've talked about this, you know, it's, it's just so, but you know, what's most exciting too, is like you said, is seeing bands on the brink, you know, like seeing bands before they're all blown out big and stadiumized, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's exciting. I don't know if that time is going to come around again. I don't know. if I don't know, man. I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, but I remember seeing like Extreme and Dream Theater at Birch Hill, Birch Hill nightclub. Right. You know, and that was and like then, two thousand people. Yeah, maybe. more than words came out, and all of a sudden it was like kaboom. You know what I mean? And and strangely enough, I actually played in the band for a long time with a good friend of mine, Chris Ledon, great guitar player, and his cousin was Gary Sharon. Oh, okay. And, you know, singer for Extreme. And when we were right. kids, you know, Eddie Van Halen was his idol. So how ironic that years later, Gary Sharon was in the brief stint in Van Halen. And I think Chris Dunn got to meet Eddie Van Halen, you know, years, you know, 20 years later. But back in the day, it was like uh, Nuno Betancourt lived at his aunt's house, with, at Gary Sharon's house, you know, while they were struggling to make it. And he used to rehearse at their house, like in, in the basement. Right. Awesome. And that was when Mike Mangini was in the band, too. That was an early extreme, you know? Right. He was drumming. But it was a great, great show. And like I said, Dream Theater was brand new, too. And then we saw them the following year at Stone Pony. And then uh, all of a sudden, then they, they exploded, too. They took off, you know? Yeah, I mean, Extreme really took off, though. I mean, more than words, just catapulted yeah. them. Yeah, that's what launched them, for sure. Yeah. Before I was, that was get, get the Funk Out was like their kind of mainstream hit, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, um... Was that a single? Yeah, I guess that was a single, yeah. Um, it, was, it was kind of obscure, you know what I mean? But then when More Than Words came out, all of a sudden it was on Z100 and, you know, PLJ. It was on every, you know, it was all over the place. Yeah, I was working at Sam Goody at that time. That I, I used to be, I worked for Sam Goody, which was part of Musicland, which was, at the time, the biggest music retailer in the world, over Tower Records, over everything else. And I was a store manager. And at first I was a system manager and then for years I was a store manager for, so I was right in the middle of, of what was happening in popular music. And when extreme, that was their second album, porno, uh, graffiti, um, that more than words yep. was on. And when more than words was a hit single, people were coming in to, to buy the, the CD and you had like old ladies coming in and, just people that yeah. wouldn't normally listen to a hard rock band and buying that album. And 
without I, I think without realizing that the rest of the album doesn't sound like that. You know, there's one more song that's kind of a, a, a ballady song. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but that's the, like, it was just Nuno and Gary Sharon. You know, the rest of the band wasn't playing on it. It was just that acoustic version. It was just Nuno's guitar and Gary Sharon singing. Well, yeah, there was another. Oh, uh, 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 Wholehearted was the other song that was kind of a single. And, yes. And that yep. was sort of a ballady-ish tune. But the rest of the album was hard rock. I mean, it was it was heavy. It was Nuno Betancourt yeah, shredding. So it was funny that having these people come into the record store that were expecting the, the whole album to sound like more than words and were probably being shocked when they went home and listened to the CD. Because <laughs> it's a, you know, get the funk out. Like, ooh, it's risky. Yeah, nothing to do with, like I said, with those are two, you know, the genre of those songs is much different than the balance of the album, which gives, like, to what you were saying earlier, like that Rat album, Out of the Cellar, all those songs were meshed very well to create an album. Much much like um, System of a Down, when they did uh, Mesmerize and Hypnotize, they did the double album because they were in the studio and they were creative and the energy was just flowing and they were writing tune after tune after tune. Right. And when you listen to that album, it's very cohesive. You know what I mean? They both sound from that era, from that little snapshot in time, as Billy, Vinnie Caluda would say. You know, right. When you make an album, it's a snapshot in time of where you're at your 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 creative process and journey musical journey you know and that he, that's why he always was so excited to make albums not to show the world like what he could do or present things like for musically you know what he was doing but to, to create snapshots in time you know so he could look back and and see you know uh, a legacy of, of of all the different things that he did you know but uh, and where he was mentally and at that time you know which i think we all can do like i can look back to early stuff I did, and you can definitely hear the influences in how you're playing, especially in original music, um, of who you were listening to during that time. You know, and then you fast forward six, seven, eight years later, listen to another original thing you did at a different time in your life when you were listening to a different influence, and, you know, you can hear how you're playing. is is definitely different, you know, depending on where you are in your evolution. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's nice having those recordings, too, to go back and listen to and reflect yeah, so many in so many aspects of it, right? Like personally, uh, you know, like technique-wise, right? Like, you know, what your chops were like, and then what, how you were phrasing things, and what you were playing, depending on what kind of music you were listening to at the time, what kind of what, how the band kind of played through some influence of time, you know, which we talked about, like uh, with Rush when they did Counterparts, you know, it was a grunge-type era, and they came out with Animate, which when you first heard it, it did not sound like Rush, you know, it was That's heavy and such a kind of song, though. That's such yeah. Yeah, it's a great song, you know. But when it first starts off, with the with the groove, and right. the bass just comes riding in, the little like guitar behind it. When you first hear it, you're like, "Who is that, man? It's killer!" And then all of a sudden, Getty starts singing, and you realize it's Rush, but it's heavy, you know. It's just it's it's Rush, but it's definitely grunge influenced. And for that time when it came right. out, you know, to to be in the mix of of current music. Yeah, yeah. The best bands that have persevered have done that. Um, I love that album too, Counterparts. I haven't listened to that in so long. That's such a, I, that was again when I was working at Sam Goody. That album came out, and I used to play it in the store all the time. Oh um, yeah, great record. But uh, I, I mean, like Kiss was another band that kind of did that when disco came along. They, uh, I was made for loving you. They adapted to that, and yep. and then yep. you know the the glam era came along, and they were doing Tears Are Falling, and and uh, um, so so they're another band that that kind of rolled with the the changes. Um, but still stay true to themselves. 
you know, the best bands have done oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Best, like I said, the best artists and bands have done that, though. They're able to morph themselves, yeah. you know, through through the different cycles of music. Yeah, and I might get a little fly for this, too, but but Bon Jovi did that as well. They they, they persevered yeah. in that time. Because, again, I, that's when I was working at Sam Goody, and I was... I worked for at Sam Goody from 1989 to 1996, so it was basically when CDs came out, when CDs first started being popular around 89, through the whole change, the shift in the music industry when the when Seattle Sound came along, Nirvana just blew everybody out of the water. Uh, I was in that mix. I was selling records. I was in in you know store managers of of record stores, and um, to to see that. To, there were certain bands that just stayed afloat, and Bon Jovi was one of them. And they they came out with the record. They like cut their hair. You know, he had a shorter haircut, but he was still kind of young looking. And their album was Keep the Faith, and that was a really smart move for them at that time. Um, uh, great song and a great album title for the time because they're like, you know, we see what's going on. Everybody's falling off because of Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Soundgarden. Why would I say Soundgarden? Soundgarden. 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 Um, so that was a, a clear message. So, so they're another band that really persevered, and they don't even need to play anymore. Um, yeah, like you said, a lot of to some extent, Queen for did sure, it. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of bands that kind of molded their sound, you know, which, which is cool to yeah. see the evolution. And again, like you said, just uh, how they evolved. You know, Crew did it. You know, a lot of bands. Which is a really good model to follow, too, even if you're playing in a cover band, because things do change, things do evolve, scenes change, uh, clubs close, um, new clubs open, um, people start, new people start coming to see you, and oh, is it cutting out on you again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a delayed reaction. It's terrible. It's not, uh, is it Spreaker or is it, or is it Skype? Oh, there's no way to know. You'll be like, dude, and I saw the show and it was great. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still showing up on the meter yeah. again, so you could. Yeah. It, that, uh, I want to say that the it, audience can hear me. Meter, but unfortunately, I can't hear you. I hope, I hope or the, 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 the hundreds of thousands of people in the audience can still hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Well, I'll continue with what I was saying. Um, okay. Or I'll just kind of recap what I was saying. That it's a good model to follow for people. You know, you want to follow a model of people that have been successful. And if you want to really persevere in your world of what you're doing, playing in your cover band, your tribute band, your wedding band, whatever, you need to kind of roll with the changes and learn new material, stay on top of, uh, of what everybody else is doing, and... Don't be afraid to be flexible and afraid to adapt because you need to. You need change is good. Change is always good. It, it keeps things fresh. It makes you feel like everything's brand new. And uh, even just learning new songs, man, it really reinvigorates everything else. Just like me, just playing these two new songs with my band, just kind of it gives everything else a lot more f flavor or something. I I don't know. It just makes it. It's more fun. It mixes it up, you know. It gives you a little dose of adrenaline, so to speak. It gives you a little shot in the arm, you know. And confidence, like, okay, you know, we did this. We learned this song. We played it together, and 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 we sound good, you know, because we don't rehearse. We just 
everybody's got to learn the song and show up at the gig and play it. <laughs> you know, it's right. like we're, we're taking a shortcut there. Um, but, but when you're able to accomplish that, it's, you know, it feels good. It makes you feel like, ah, man, you know, it just, it, you get that appreciation again for your fellow band members and, you know, just the fact that you're able to do that for me anyway, the fact that I'm able to do it and people pay me money to do it, you know, that, that is the, the best part, you know, mm. we're actually gigging uh labor day weekend and then we got a, another private party, then a wedding after that. And then I'm getting my shoulder surgery in October. Nice. Congratulations. Six months out of commission. Really? Yeah, but it's my left arm, so I could still potentially play one-handed, like, right style. <laughs> and you would, wouldn't you? You, you could get some uh, custom pedals, like a la Rick, I, Rick Allen. Do what Rick Allen Yeah, yeah. definitely. And like I said, when I saw it, you know, they were really good. I saw them a couple months back, so. And they, you know, I have pedals, but I may be able to put, you know, hook up a snare drum on my left foot. Figure that out somehow. So... I would like to, and I've talked about this with you for the last few years. I would like to come up there in the fall. Um, well, if you're coming, come before the seven, before October 17th so we can sit outside and have some cigars by the fire and relax and chill out. And maybe do a live broadcast Wisdom Hour right from my backyard. Yeah, that's what I say. Well, what's October 17th? That's when I'm getting my shoulder surgery. Oh, that's, uh, I thought you said September. Okay, Prior October. To. And plus the weather starts, you know, end of October into November starts getting cold and shit. Yeah, it will definitely be before then. But um, I was thinking that we could do a live wisdom hour. And I would also, this would be fun. I would like to, because we're going to keep it. Because, dude, people, I, you know, I get the people coming in the group all the time, every day, request to join. And I get, you know, every once in a while, people just coming in, joining the group, saying, because I love the podcast. So, you know, I, I want to keep growing this thing with the with the website being launched. This thing's going to grow bigger. So I would like to do, if you're up for it, I'd like to do like some video, like little snippet kind of commercials for it. Like where you yeah. just do like film some videos, just be goofy. And we can film a bunch of them. And then whatever is good, we'll use it for to promote the, the, the podcast. So that would be a, a, another incentive for me to come up there. <laughs> no doubt. And bring your bass and we can jam a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, but I want to make it work related. So what I'm uh, trying to do here and what I think I'm going to be able to accomplish very soon is to, um, to, to get the support that I need to really, uh, do all the things I want to do with Carbon Central. And that includes traveling, um, where I don't have to work anymore. I still want to play, but I'm, I'm going to probably reduce my amount of playing time, um, very soon gotcha um and i one of the things that i want to do for that i am doing for carbon central is a spotlight artist of the month um i already have the first one lined up but i want to be able to travel and and uh, see some other bands and do some other spotlights for for other bands so um part of me wanting to travel is i definitely want to come up there for the fall i miss the fall in the northeast that's one of the, my favorite things about the northeast so yeah, when you used to come up for Chambo's Oktoberfest party, we used to hang. Yeah. It was like this, the great best time of year, you know? Yeah, so, so yeah, I have a lot of plans for stuff <laughs> I want to do. Um, Got to think big, dude. 
You yeah. Know, think outside the box, think big, and, and, and live life. Yeah. You know, I just want to blow this thing up. I want to do some regional shows of some of the top bands in each area of, of whatever, major cities or, or just regional areas. Um, and uh, cover bands, central sponsored, you know, shows. And, and really kind of a, a big part of what I want to accomplish here is to showcase people that are out there doing well and, and deserve more attention. Um, and also what that does is to help other people learn from, from the pros and learn, learn what to do right, learn what works, because that's how you're going to get better is to learn from people who are doing it right. And there's really not any sort of venue for that on the, on the Internet to, to show you that in this capacity in the cover band sort of world. So that's a big part of what I want to provide here. So I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get some financial support soon where I, I'm going to have more freedom to do stuff. I'm very excited about that. That's super exciting, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. better platform for these podcasts yeah that's the thing when i have more freedom i can upgrade all my gear and upgrade our, our thing so we'll have a have a real like radio studio yeah uh, blue screen green screen i'd like to do that too man I'd, lo I'd love to do like a little radio show with just playing covers of you know ones that i find that are really good i suppose i could i mean i could do it now i'm only concerned with the whole copyright thing and i i don't know that it's legal i don't think it's legal but i don't think it's illegal to do to do to do what to do like like say i did a speaker show like this but i'm just playing music i'm just playing um but cover songs so there's the whole copyright yeah, I don't know how that works because you know what's interesting too was um a couple of years back, and I think I might have told you this. We, I, I kind of remember, maybe podcast episode fourteen, around like seventeen minutes in, we talked about. I was down at uh, Seaside right after they rebuilt it after Sandy, and on the boardwalk, and they had tunes playing, and they were cover tunes. But if you listened very, very carefully, the songs were covers of the covers. You know what I mean? There was an artist doing them. It wasn't the actual band. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sounded very authentic, but it wasn't the actual band playing the song. So I was wondering if there's a way that they can loop that, you know, because all popular songs that you would know and, 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 you know, identify with. But I wonder if they did that to avoid any type of copyright infringement or having to pay a royalty because it was on, you know, the boardwalk, on the pier. You know what I mean? They had it piped through all the rides, all the speakers when you're buying tickets, all the speakers around the park. It was one consistent, you know, mixed throughout well and they it was all covers yeah they weren't great you know they were cover band covers yeah i don't know man they might pay the bmi ascap fees whatever 
um, that's what the, all the clubs need to do. You know, they just pay the BMI ASCAP fees, which which aren't a lot. Um, yeah, but how does that work if you have a jukebox in your place? You know, I I don't. Someone drops you know a dime in the jukebox, and they want to play it, and and they play cheap trick or they play some other song. Like, who's collecting royalty on that? No one even knows you're playing it. That's a good question. Remember the diner? Remember the old. Style oh, sure. diner yeah. when you would sit in the booth at the diner and it would have the flip thing and you would flip through and find the, what songs you wanted to play and you'd put the quarter in and get a bunch of tunes to crank out yeah I want one of those for my house <laughs> that's a cool thing yeah I'm not sure I'm sure there's something in place for that but I don't I, that's a good question I, I don't know the answer to that how they get paid for, for that I would imagine it's just a flat fee for you know we're going to add your song to this thing I, if they're doing it by the books anyway um i don't know man uh, that's a good question i don't know if anybody just has the freedom to add whatever songs they want and then just pay bmi ASCAP a certain fee um i don't know but i i think it's you know it's risky for me to do because if somebody out in the music industry notices it and says you know this is not acceptable then they could shut me down and, and cause all, all, all sorts of problems however i think the benefit for it might be worth the risk where i'm uh, um, introducing bands out there that are doing really well that are playing cool covers to an audience that otherwise wouldn't hear it um I, it would be fun for me to do i would like to do that like because I, I really just love music and i love discovering new bands and stuff um, that's ultimately what I'd like to do, man. Um, from all this is is to to be somebody like a Simon Cowell that discovers that's looking to discover talent and and um, help them propel them to success. Well, here you go. I just jumped on to eBay real quick, and there's the diner countertop jukebox, three hundred and fifty dollars. Nice. Here's one, fifty bucks. <laughs> Does it come with songs or? Yeah, it? it's all preloaded, ready to go. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? The music industry is so friggin' fucked. It's here, nineteen sixty-eight through seventy-six. Row AMI Diner, Wall at Jukebox with this special key, whatever, super rare, condition used. Uh, it's got all the buttons on it. It's got the little dial flip-flop thing inside with the music in it. So yeah, it's all loaded up, dude, with the tunes, ready to go. It's funny. Very cool. Yeah, it's a, the music industry is a mess, man. It's still just it has no idea what it's doing. You know, artists are just getting robbed with with um, the streaming. They're just not getting paid what artists deserve to get paid. And I mean, it the, it feels like the industry just has not recovered since Napster. It just hasn't figured out what to do that will work. I think that it's so hard to police Yeah, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, like we, if I wanted to share a song with you, I would have to make a duplicate cassette of that song. Um, and that really in itself was illegal. I remember back then knowing that that was not legal to do. But... You know, there was no way to police it. Nobody's going to come to your little kid's house and like, what's on your cassette? Um, so we oh, did. Exactly. I guess if you, yeah, if, right. Because, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I can remember having like, um, you know, first boom box that I got and I was able to record the radio. 
Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so you could make cassettes of like tunes that you wanted, but you'd have to wait for it. You know, yeah, you have to sit like, there and wait for it to come on. Yeah, I know it's coming like, on you know, soon. Yeah, Eno Malley would say, you know, Rush Spirit of Radio coming up next, and you'd like wait there, you know, anxiously and hope that he didn't talk over the intro so you could hear it. You know. Yeah, technology changed. Muni. Technology changed the game, man, and technology got ahead of the business. Like the business was, like, and again, I worked through this whole period where I was working in music retail and and music retail was booming. They were making killing. They were killing it because you're selling right. CDs at sixteen ninety nine that cost a, you know, a buck and a half to make. Um and the the profit margin was ridiculous. And you know, I think that the music industry did, kind of did itself in and, and really kind of deserved what happened. Um and I, and I could say this from being in that part of it and also being a musician and then also being part of a signed to a, a development deal with RCA during those years. The music industry just shot itself in the foot. It just it got too full of itself and technology caught up and and said, oh, yeah, well, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, the, uh, many people have cursed out, Na especially artists have cursed out Napster for what they did to them as successful artists, but, you know, and the artists didn't deserve that, but I think the industry itself, the, the, the corporate bigwigs and stuff deserved what they got because they lost everything and they deserved it because they, they took too much advantage of people, especially artists. But now, but now still we haven't figured it out from an artist's point of view of how to fix this. How do we, how does the artist get what they deserve? What's the answer to that? Uh, it's tough, man, but like, you know, the very interesting that you touch on that topic, too, because if you go on YouTube now, uh, Dom Pamularo interviews a bunch of different famous drummers, you know? It's like Dom interviews the greats. And he sits down with Vinnie Caliuta and he talks all about uh, Vinnie's whole career, you know, from Zappa, how he got the gig, and real, really cool story, you know, and journey. And towards the end, they, they start to touch on that, and, you know, Vinny touches on the very things we're talking about. He's like, it's, it's, it's super, super difficult to make a living now as, you know, a musician. Because think about it. He's not in a band. You know, he's not touring with a specific band. But he's played on hundreds of albums. Because the question was like, what would you say to a young aspiring artist, you know, about coming up and making a career in the music business? And he went off about. Advantage of me. Yeah, I, being. So yeah, be, I mean, now you got. Uh, really? Come on. Crazy. Um, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You're back now. Yep. Can you hear me now? Can you hear, hear me you now? now? Yes. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, Steve. Okay. I can hear you now, Steve. 
Okay, good. Um, so Witchell. So anyway, I mean, the, the the artists, the known artists nowadays are making most of their money from touring, um, and that's why you see bands out there that that have been around, old as dirt that are out there still playing. I drive, you know, uh, often from from uh, uh, New Orleans to Florida to see my family, and on that drive, there's um, the Gulf Coast, and, and there's a lot of hotels, casinos on the Gulf Coast where people come and play, just like kind of Atlantic City and, and Vegas and whatnot. Um, but there's a lot of them. So so I see these billboards of these artists that are playing, and like, and I can't believe it sometimes. Like, that person, they're really still touring? They're like, And the reason is because there's no money in record sales, obviously, anymore. I'm back. I keep up again. All right, we're not going to give up here. We're just going to keep trying. <laughs> Keeps going now. Oh, keep, keep on rolling. We only got eight minutes left, so we'll make it through. <laughs> we're good. We're still going. So, so I mean, I was I was on a roll there too, and I, now I don't know what I was talking about. Um, well, I mean, just th that these artists, yeah, they're making their money from touring. Some of them making some publishing. Um, so for the people who are songwriters, when they're selling it to commercials or movies or, you know, TV shows or things like that, that that generates income. But there's no record sales. That's not happening. Streaming is not making people money. And these artists that are touring now, they're they're not going to. Are you there? Oh, that was so good, man. And you're not even there to hear me. Are you back? I'm here. I've been here the whole time. What were you saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't listen much of that. Oh, my goodness. I was just emphasizing that all our favorite artists are going to be gone eventually, and we need cover bands to fill the hole. <laughs> yes, we That's do. What. That is our duty and our tribute to the greats. Yeah, tribute to the greats, tribute to the music, the songs. That's what matters. That's the music is what matters. It's not. It doesn't matter. It. I mean, clearly, it doesn't matter who is playing it because there's bands out there that are representing re representing themselves as the the original band, but do not have the original players. And it right. it doesn't matter because the it's what the music. That's what people want to hear. You know, when I went to see Brian with Foreigner, there was not one original member on stage. But, you know, the people, 3,000 people in the room didn't care. They just wanted to hear the songs performed well. The songs that they know performed well. That's all you got to do. If you want to be a successful cover band, that's all you got to do. Get out there, learn the songs, learn them right. Put together a show. Um, it, you know, j just be good at your craft and pick the right songs. And that's all that people will care about. Right? Hundred percent. Pick the right songs is is the thing because music's universal, right? That energy is is true, and if it's a hit song, you know. So you were saying about like genres before, you know, or bands that play certain genres of music. 
Um, you know, the, one of the formats that's worked for, for our band, the Weisenheimers, is to play 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, right through t- t- today, anything that was a top 20 hit. Right, sure. Play the hits. You, you know, from the decades, you're going to play all great music, you know? And to your point, too, and you have to mix it up a little bit, too, right? Because just because it was a hit doesn't mean that it's going to be of the genre of what you're looking to play, you know? But there's definitely universal songs that are, you know, staples and just great tunes where when you play them, people are like, oh, outstanding, you know? That you know, was a great thing about going to the beach. I'll end you on this note, is that my nieces and nephews made their own playlists, and that was the music we listened to the whole time we were down there, and it was a very eclectic mix from, you know, um, from all genres and aspects and times right through to present and stuff that I normally wouldn't listen to, so I enjoyed it. Like, I knew a bunch of the songs. Some of them I didn't, but they were... Uh, it was very cool. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I think that's a thing about music being so accessible now, where you can get it online everywhere. You can get it on your TV. I mean, it's just everywhere. And you know, you could say, "Alexa, play the Beatles," and just and the Beatles start playing. Um, yeah. um, like good songs are good songs. Yeah. So and good songs will always be good songs, and people will always want to hear them performed live. That is big reason that I've done Career and Central. Um, because live music, man, nothing beats it. People still love it. People still love to do it, and they still love to hear it. Oh yeah, nothing like going to see a live band. It's just the reality. It's like I mean, it was so obvious to me when I started this whole thing that it was like they're everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's a type of musician performing a song that they did not write in some sort of capacity, whether it's a band, somebody sitting on a street corner, you know, everything, everywhere. Um, it's a it's a huge world, and um, we can learn a lot from each other. It, it, having this, you know, everybody sort of band together, um, I think it's going to be just beneficial for the industry as a whole, and that's what I'm looking to do, man. Get us more respect, man. Yeah, man. Represent. Yeah. Um, Ambassador of cover bands. Yeah. I like that. Um, so really even four years into it, just feeling like at the beginning of, of, of all this and, um, excited for the launch of the website. CBT 2.0. Yes. Somebody, actually, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I will. Um, somebody emailed me today and offered to, to purchase the page and the group. And <laughs> yeah, and he had emailed me several months ago and asked me that and I just I, I I it was in my spam folder so I didn't see it right away until like a lot later like a month later and I I you know I'm not interested in selling it at all but I was curious as to what he would offer so I asked him and he didn't answer and then he emailed me again today and said uh you know I'd like to uh, to to work something out with you to buy it I said well I'm not really interested in selling but just out of curiosity, what would you offer? And he said, um, $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, no offense to you, but uh, I put four years of work into this, and I'm about to launch the website, and I have big plans for this, and um, I wouldn't take anything under a million dollars at this point. $3,000 a day? Yeah, $3,000 a day that's a different story but so 
I'm in this for the long haul, man. I'm not a money grab. And $3,000 is kind of insulting. You know, considering all the work that has been put into this world of curve I'll put bandness. It in for 4200 All right. Well, keep that bit going. <laughs> Yeah, not for sale at this point. It's my baby. I'm not giving away my baby. So, screw it. All right, that wraps it up. Yes, wisdom. Number 36 in the books. Facebook.com slash Comrade Central. Comrade Central.com. Go sign up. And we'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.